once again, we're back. Here it is, Horror 365. It's not only during Halloween. And my special guest today, he is Mr. Sean, Richard Sean. Welcome to Horror 365. But as as you see in the, over here in the background, here he is, Brian, South Jersey Jason. You have a special guest as well with us today. Who is I, it, Brian? I do. You know, uh, Mrs. South Jersey Jason went out to dinner with a friend of ours, and I was feeling a little lonely. So, you know, I, I called someone up. And she came Why over. Why would you do well, that, kind of floated over. Female. Wait, wait a minute. There she is. This Mrs. is my Voorhees. for tonight. Mrs. Voorhees. And actually, oh, I just want to give a shout out real quick uh, to Topher Westcott of New Kind of Fear Customs made this Mama Voorhees prop head that I'm going to use in a future photo kill shoot. Kill him, Brian. So. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to keep company for the next couple hours. Kill him. Well, so, uh, that, see the yeah. man right there? Sean, welcome. Welcome to Horror 365, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Does it does that fly around the room with the uh, NES 1980s music and attack you with like You know what? I knew you were going to I knew you were going to go with that. <laughs> was it fireballs she throws at you or is it snakes or something? I think it was snakes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know the head in Castlevania did that. So. Yes. You know what? Now I'm going to go when we're done this interview, I'm going to go crack open the old Nintendo and go play Friday the 13th. I I got, I got a question of Brian on a side note here. I'm sorry, sure, but thinking about the NES outfit here, um, how does Mrs. South Jersey Jason sleep at night? That thing it glows in the dark. Well, well, the, my costume does, yes. yes. So, oh, you talking uh, about the the head does not glow in the dark. I did no. not see NES version one. There was one available, <laughs> but I said no. Uh, you know, all the Jason stuff is kept in the horror cave. So unfortunately. You know, nothing's in the bedroom, but who's to say, you know, she might wake up might get, in the morning. <laughs> she might wake up in the morning. You might get a little of that, that time. You know, it's that time. You might get a little kinky with it. Anyway, we'll get no subject here. So, yeah. Tell me about your 2021 so far, guys. How's, how's it going? Brian, you want to go first? Or? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, so far, so good. I mean, uh, you know, working in the healthcare field, it's been a very strenuous year, but hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, since teaming up with Jimmy back in October, well, September was when we first got together and did the video, uh, we got a lot of great things in store and I got some more cosplays on the horizon and we got a couple of events that we're doing together. So, so far, so good. Thank you for asking. It's weird. I mean... <laughs> talking to people and I see these things below the noses that open and close and, and, it, and I could be delusional, but it's like sound comes out of them and yeah. words. And I'm like, what is that? That's seen that in a minute. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to, to process all that business. So uh. <laughs> working from home, this is what the new norm is for me. Yeah. Meetings, you know? So, uh, it has its ups and downs, you know, I miss the interaction, you know, I go to work into the office a little bit more now, but like going into our main office, it's like tumbleweeds, you know, it's just so bare and it's just sad. And I just want us to get, you know, I think by this third quarter of 2021, I think we'll be in a better, a little bit of a better place, you know? So, yeah. Well, but, yeah, that's, that's funny. You say that Brian about healthcare because, um, that's actually the path I've gone back down. I, I okay. used to be uh, an ER EMT and uh, I was a volunteer firefighter trying to get on permanent as a firefighter. It seems like in a different lifetime. And um, I, for like the three, four years, 
uh, hiring freezes followed me wherever I lived. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then the recession hit and I kind of had just had to move on. Um, right. and so, and I think I was getting close to the cutoff age for firefighting too at the time. Uh, I think it's 35. Um, so well, how, how young are you? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 42 I'm, or 41. As Richard Brooker used to say, I'm 39 and holding for the rest of my life. So. <laughs> there you go. So, dude, EMS, you're an e, uh, ER EMT or you were? I, yeah, I used to be. Um, I, I did that while I was down in Florida. Um, my kind of the cliff notes, I, I, I try and get shorter on telling this. Uh, <laughs> but there's really no short way. It always turns out into something longer. Um, yeah, I, I started uh, in uh, behavioral health, and I, I got a, um, my bachelor's from Purdue in psychology, and I thought I was going to pursue that, and then I, I worked in the field, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to help people and, uh, you know, get up every morning, go to a job where I felt good about what I was doing, and um, and then I got into the field, and it's not quite as fulfilling or rewarding as you think it would be, at least where I worked was, so I'm like, I did about a year or two in that. Um, actually, about three months after I got my bachelor's is when September 11th happened. Mm-hmm. And that day for me, as it was for a lot of people in this country, was a real eye-opener for the profession of EMT firefighter. And it really impacted me. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm going to try this psychology thing. And if it doesn't work out, um, I know what my plan B is. And I went for that and I did it. And um, I was living down by the uh, Clearwater St. Pete area at the time. And um, I went to uh, uh, St. Pete College, got my EMT, started working in the ER where I did my clinicals because the crew was so great. Um, And then I uh, got on as a volunteer firefighter at a local um, fire department there, one of the beach fire departments. There's all these small little beach towns where yeah. I was living along the Gulf, Gulf Coast there. <clears throat> and uh, and then I went to the Tampa Fire Academy. And uh, so, oh, this is horror related. You might like this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I was working in the ERs and EMT and then, and then I was doing volunteer firefighting and then I was going to the Tampa Fire Academy. And that was six months of those three things. That was a super busy six months. And that was 2006. And right before I started Fire Academy is when I met Richard Brooker. And and then I met him again about halfway through the Fire Academy program because we had kind of like a a break for maybe a week or so. And and then after the event was over, um, I drove up the coast from Florida, took about a week, week and a half off. Like I say, it was a really busy six months. Um, cause, because there was an event in New Jersey called monster mania and mm. there was, it was called, if this tells you how dated I'm making myself, <laughs> this was monster mania six. Oh, and so, yeah. This early 2000s. Yeah. This was yeah. the first time that they ever had all the Jasons from all the sequels together at one event. Oh, wow. And, uh, and the first one, Ted white was at, I believe. And, um, and it was, uh, that was awesome. And so I, I, I went to that and met the guys that, you know, played Jason and, and just met friends, had fun, had a blast, um, took a break, you know, that was, like I say, a busy six months, went back to Florida, 
and the state of Florida was now on a hiring freeze for firing and firing police personnel because they were redoing the state budget, and that lasted a year and a half. And um, and then after that was over, I just like I, I'm done. I don't want to live in Florida anymore. And then I moved back home and tried for a hometown fire department. And they were on a freeze for three to four years. So. Wait, you said something. Wait, hold on one second. You said you don't want to live in Florida. You said you actually said that, and you're from well, up here, I, right? In New York. Yeah, I, well, I New I'm Jersey? from the Midwest, and okay. uh, yeah, um, northeastern Indiana. And I moved oh. to Florida after I um, graduated from college, and I moved down there. Uh, my dad lived down there actually, and he couldn't find a dependable roommate because <laughs> they they would not come through Very with their rare. rent or if he was away they would get a noise ordinance complaint uh, just a bunch of screwballs what i come to know is beach bum crackheads is what i refer to them <laughs> uh, because that's that's what i you know after i moved down there that's what i discovered you have vacationers you have retired people and you have beach bum crackheads that's so uh <laughs> That was that was Florida. Uh, it's like newlywed, nearly dead, and then crackheads. Pretty right. much. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And so that yeah, that was just my nickname for them. Like they're they're just yeah, some shady, shystery people. Where you get everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but but they think you know. Florida's the end all be all. Oh, especially over here in New York. Oh, that's it, the escape route. Florida. Well, I mean, that's the thing too. And no offense, you get a lot of transplanted New Yorkers and New Englanders there, and they were a good amount of the beach bum crackheads because they got their second properties down there. And you know, like one of them swindled. He was a friend of mine. I thought he was genuine. Swindled <laughs> my dad. He just showed up at my uh, the place one time and swindled my dad out of like two or three hundred dollars because he had this ex-wife that was a psychopath, or according to him. Okay. Uh, and then he got some money out of me, and then he disappeared. So. I'm like, Sounds like a wow. New Yorker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, he claimed he lived next door to Jack Nicholson too, and he was just a you know he was a regular guy, and Nicholson was great, and this, that, and the other. And I was friends with him for I don't know maybe a few months down there, and he seemed as genuine uh, as a guy you could meet. And then all of a sudden he just kind of pulls that move. So I do remember that, but yeah, I mean, um, very fond yeah. memories down in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did it for about I did it for about I just. So about six years down there about so about five five and a half years in i was just kind of over it you know i mean yeah. it was it's fun to visit but living there it, it's just like my la and vegas story lived in both those places fun to visit but to live mm, it, it just depends on the person i guess but i'm i'm no <laughs> give me give me the country now like any new yorker uh after you've been living here your whole life you want out, okay? And I'm dying to get out of here, man. I'm, where, where, I'm, are you, where are you at in New York? Uh, right now, I'm in the Bronx. I lived all over. I lived in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, Staten Island, all over New York. Uh, well, yeah, one of my dad's best buddies when he was in Vietnam was from the Bronx. And, uh, and uh, he's going to be mentioned in the documentary I'm putting together on my dad's story, which is pretty amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, he actually ended up moving to um some years after the war he moved to upstate new york and ithaca he lived in a place called enfield which is right by ithaca actually i don't know if you can see that well my finger's there that, yeah the painted that drawing picture, or, right, yeah. Yeah. that's actually my that's my dad's picture i remembered it from probably early 90s late 80s and uh one of the things that made it through the years 
Um, really beautiful picture. You can't really tell what it is there. It's, it's uh, up by, uh, it's in a place called Trayman Park, up by um, Ithaca. It's uh, taken on the water level, and it's in one of the gorges, and it's got oh. a, a little stone-made bridge with the sunset peeking through right there. Uh, really great picture. So, um, yeah, no, I visited up there, and, and uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting off the subject. That's a beautiful area up there. But now you mentioned sunset. I don't mean to cut you off, but you mentioned sunset, and I want to go back to, uh, if you don't mind, I mean, I'm diving right into sure. it, I guess, documentary, because uh, when I was looking at the Friday 13th Part 3, uh, in memoriam, um, I noticed that there was a, a nice little section on Rich, Richard Bur uh, Brooker, and he would take pictures and said about sunsets, stuff like that. So the, the point I'm trying to get at, I was just thinking about it now. Do you have any of your own stories uh, about you and Rich? Because I heard uh, quite a few in the in the documentary, but I want to hear if you, you know, maybe some something of yours. Yeah, actually, I do, um, and I think one of the original. I just thought about this not too long ago. Um, there was, I was considering sitting down for the camera and sharing a little bit of what the backstory was and, and about reach, meeting uh, Richard for the documentary and, and why I did it, which kind of get at the core of core of it all. But I don't know, we just ended up putting it together and, and, and turned out the way it did. And I was happy with it. Um, and it's not a, it's not a, a project about me. So I was fine with not being in it um it's about richard it's for the fans uh basically yeah uh okay so the story goes um i had gone to a friday the 13th 25th anniversary get together uh in hollywood got heads up from a friend i didn't even know that they were going to have anything um and so they decided it seemed like a last minute thing within the couple months before May 13th, 2005, they, this person reached out to me and said, yeah, they're going to be doing a 25th anniversary thing for Friday the 13th. It's going to be in Hollywood. It's going to be at Hollywood and Highland. Um, and, and it's kind of like this really iconic building with like a, it's like a, um, it's really tall. It's like got a, like a kind of a, you know, a steeple roof. Um, you can see it today. And at the very bottom of this building was a really kind of not so big room and they had everybody or all not everybody but a lot of people cast members and other from parts one through nine all crammed in this small room at hollywood highland a lot of part three cast members that's how i got to meet sometimes i'll share you know pictures with cast members i met but i really got to meet a lot of them all in one shot i mean because <laughs> it was a lot of people at this event and um there was a lot of people from part three and uh cast member wise um i remember tracy savage was there paul kratka um david kadams larry zerner um and and nick savage was there and i met nick and uh he was uh, ali in part three super nice guy I brought up the mask and he's like, Oh shit, man, get that away from me. Oh. <laughs> he's like, Oh, he's like, even to this, even to this day, I still have nightmares about that mask. Like, and this is like 22 years, 23 years after the movie and, um, super nice guy. And so I was really happy about, uh, you know, meeting all these people in this, it was, it was a trip. It was, it was kind of a little bit starstruck, kind of like, you're pinging like a, a pinball, like off the, it was like, Oh my God. It's like they're look, all there look, at once. Look, look, <laughs> yeah, they're all there. 
And, but Richard wasn't there. And I was like, bam, bummer. I mean, you know, he's the first guy that, that donned the mask. And he was the first guy to set the iconic look playing Jason with that look. And so I was kind of like, ah, oh, man, bummer. Um, but then, and I was living in Florida at the time. Uh, so in the, I was in the Tampa, St. Pete area. And then about an mm, hour and a half, two hours is Orlando. And I heard about an event that was going to be at in Orlando. It was kind of like called the FX star event or something like that. And this is January, 2006. And what a, an interesting mix of people at this event. Um, you had George Romero, oh, wow. you had Robert England, you had Tony oh, Moran from Halloween. Um, you had Richard Brooker. You had the Threes Company girls. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Little I'm Mod Podge. <laughs> yeah. uh, Peter Mayhew was there, Chewbacca. Um, uh, David Carradine was there, and I don't even think six months later, he was gone. He had died, like, wow. probably about six months later. That was the most – I got to tell you a story about him. That was the most intimidating guy in film I've ever met, like, just what he, what he pulled on me. It was funny what he did. But at the time, I was like, I thought he was like going to flip me over the table or something. But <laughs> no, he was, he was something else. Um, so yeah, uh, so basically, and at that time, I had done some set photography of um, the Part Three location, and I had the photo album with me. Uh, the cabin and barn were still in existence. Um, that I was actually. I was actually out in California for my first trip in uh, October 2003. I was there for an event, and I stayed a few extra days and set up that visit to the uh, Values A Ocean Picture Ranch just because that movie, you know, scared the hell out of me as a kid, and I thought it'd be a trip to be able to visit that. So I had pictures, and, uh, you know, I took the, the poster from the 25th anniversary get-together with all the people had signed this, and I brought it for Richard, and, you know, um, so it was a trip, but... I didn't know what to expect to meet that when I met this guy because you see him on screen and he looks huge. And uh, so, <laughs> this is great. So, um, Tony Moran's right to the left. This is Richard's table right here. And so, and there's this guy standing there and he's as tall as I am, he's 6'3", this skinny little wiry guy. And I'm like, hmm. So I go over to Tony Moran and I'm like, Hey, uh, what's going on? He's like, Oh, not much. I was like, you having fun this week? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so, uh, you know, this Richard Brooker, right? The, the guy who played Jason. He's like, um, yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, is he around? He's like, is that, that's, that's, I think that's him right there. That's I was like, that's him. That's, that's Richard Brooker. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> So, um, I don't know if I might have checked with somebody else first because I was like, I don't know if Tony knows. <laughs> I, don't know really if I, believe, I don't know if Tony knows, and I don't know if I believe Tony. I was like, really? Uh, yeah. So, I think I asked maybe one other person. I was like, no, that's Richard Brooker. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so, um, met him. Uh, he signed the poster. Um, I was like, I, well, I did some set video photography of uh, – the part three locale and this is what it looks like today if you're interested he's like yeah 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 that's that's nice 
I'm like, <laughs> like he kind of skimmed the pictures and I'm like, wow. Okay. Well, I got the mask. You want to do some, you know, fun pictures with the mask? He's like, no, we can just do one of you and me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Sure. <laughs> So I got a picture with him, and then uh, I think Sean Clark was representing him at the time. Okay. And I got the pictures, and I'm just kind of like, cool. And so, <laughs> and then I went and talked to Sean. I was like, what? what's up with this guy? Like, this, wow, I was really looking forward to meeting this guy, and uh, wasn't, yeah. wasn't so great. He's like, well, I don't know. He's like, yeah. So I went over and talked to Tony, and Tony's like, Oh yeah, I, I've seen him all day. He's got a he's got a fucking attitude problem. He's an asshole. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like so. Michael Myers calls Jason an asshole. That's, that's, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, so, um, so like I say, about halfway through uh, Fire Academy, I took a break. Ended up going up to this other event that was up in, um, I think it was up in Cleveland. So yeah, when you live in Florida, you do like a reverse vacation. So you go to gloomy and uh, <laughs> cold when you live in the Florida. See, that's how you do it. So um, went up there and actually I was there to meet some other people. And I also had the poster. I was like, well, some other people that also didn't make this 25th were going to be there. And yeah, like I say, that was a busy six months with the fire Academy, uh, ERMT and uh, volunteer firefighting. So uh, I wanted a break. Uh, midway through and I took that and um, went up there and actually CJ Graham was going to be there mm. and growing up uh, part six was my favorite entry in the series for a long time I kind of like a lot of them now on the same level because I like what they all bring to the series but um, for a long time part six was my favorite and CJ also wasn't at the 25th so I took that as a you know a, a way to meet him and you know get him to sign this poster thing with a lot of ink on it and um so i met him and then richard just happened to be at this one and he was right next to cj's table and uh so i had met everybody for the day and i'm just kind of wandering around kind of just burning time and uh you know we're gonna get together with the friends and party later at this cleveland hotel right. and um I'm walking by Richard's table and you know, I'm checking out his pictures on his table. They're, they're pretty good. Those are pretty, they're pretty good pictures. They're cool. And, uh, I kind of just look up at him and he looks at me. He's like, do I know you? He's like, I'm, I'm not good with names, but I never forget a face. And I says, uh, yeah, we met a couple months ago and he's like, Hmm couple of months ago oh no he's like that wasn't Orlando was it <laughs> <laughs> and I said yeah yeah it was and he's like hmm he's like um <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's like I, I'm really sorry I I apologize um I apologize for that day I uh I'm from England I just came back in um, to the States. I was jet lagged. I was not feeling good. Um, you know, I, I should have canceled. I wasn't you know, in, in, a, in a good way, and, but I had a commitment to the event. So, um, yeah, but anyway, uh, 
So sorry about that. Uh, and I was like, wow, that's, that's cool. And he's like, Hey, you want to get a picture? And I was like, uh, sure, Richard, that sounds good. And, and then that's the picture that's in the documentary with Richard. And nice. Me. Nice. Um, Very nice. So yeah, that was, that's the story behind that. And then later that night is another story, the transformer blue and the, the, um, <laughs> Hotel is blacked out and we're going from room to room with Richard and Ari and some other friends and candlelit <laughs> rooms and everybody's getting drunk. Nice. And uh, Richard's hitting on, uh, well, mm. he's hitting on this girl that's also in film that happened to be at the event. And okay. uh, she's like, uh, I don't know, Richard. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> He's like, come on, let's go hang out, just you and me. He's like, I just broke up with a boyfriend or something like that. And he's like, ah, fuck it, fuck that shit, I'm out of here. <laughs> and, and he walks by and Ari stops him. He's like, hey, come on, Richard, come on, man. We're just, we're just having fun here. We're just chilling out. It's all good. And Richard's just like, <sighs> turns around, comes back in. All right, hey everybody, I'm back. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh very nice so let's take it back in time let's go back to the 80s uh when you were a young kid what um what was your first memory of um seeing a horror movie and um in your experience what was it like for you growing up in like to me the best decade of horror movies the 80s yeah um oh by the way i've noticed in the backgrounds you both you guys both have it that's very choice it's very right choice. We yeah. had to do it. Come and on. We, and we didn't even talk beforehand. No, we didn't even talk beforehand. It was crazy. I said, why are you <laughs> awesome. reading my mind, Brian? <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see. And by the way, uh, yeah, the 80s, actually in college, I wrote a literature paper because there was some sort of topic that we had to write on and this fit the topic. Um, or maybe it was just an original idea topic and write about it. And I wrote a, a, a paper about the parallel between the 80s, 80s, um, generation of horror and the 1930s generation of horror and how they're they're parallel um, to kind of they complement each other in a way it's like the, it's two decades of the horror icon mm -hmm. uh, 50 years apart so you got the 30s and you got the 80s and so you got you know Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula, yep. boom, boom, boom. And then you got Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers. So it's weird, right? And it's, yeah. it's 50 years. It's like, it couldn't have been 36 or 30 or, you know, 20. No, it's like, you know, golden anniversary. <laughs> time for time for a new crop of uh, horror icon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but the first time I ever saw horror anything, I was five years old. So... Uh, and I think that the original Friday the 13th was just released on Cinemax or HBO or this is early 80s. So, um, you know, <laughs> I think that I, you know, so I'm kindergarten age. So um, I think I got up to get a drink of water like, you know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I hear this really unique music coming from the other room. And, uh, you know, being, you know, around five years old at the time, I'd never heard music like that before from pretty much anything. And I was, you know, I was interested, it got my attention. And so 
I'm walking out toward the living room and there is a lazy boy recliner. And, you know, I'm like, you know, this tall, knee high to a grasshopper. So I'm basically behind the chair and it's hiding me. But I'm reaching out, looking out from behind the chair, watching my mom and stepdad. And there's, you know, and, uh, and then it was my stepdad's brother, so my uncle, and this girl he was dating at the time. So the four of them semi-circle sitting around watching this TV very intently. Um, and I'm just watching them watch this. I'm, I don't even, not, not even really watching the screen. I'm just watching the adults watch this. Watching them really, watch that, yeah. They're not really, rea well, they're reacting a little bit. They're all kind of just like, you know, and I'm like, what are they doing? And uh, <laughs> so, and then all of a sudden, and, and mom does not like horror. She's not a horror person. So when she watches horror, she's one of those very animated people. And it's just entertaining <laughs> to watch her react to horror. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so this was my first taste of that. So I'm watching that and she, all of a sudden they're all, like I say, quiet, very intently watching this. And then, oh my God, jumps up and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what, 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 what was that? You know? And come to find out that scene, I, I found out because I, after I think I saw that, I saw what they were watching on this. I watched the reaction, what they were watching and it was, uh, Jason coming out of the water, getting Alex in the canoe at the end of part one. And uh, so I was like, whoa, I'm like, um, okay. So I think the next day I probably was, you know, outside or somewhere. And I asked my stepdad, I was like, uh, so um, what were you guys watching last night? And he was like, um, Oh, that was a horror movie. You can't watch those. I'm like, oh, <laughs> classic answer. Okay, okay. So I go to my dad's every other weekend, and our thing was uh, movies anyway. So, and this is early '80s, and Dad was a big Betamax guy, and oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and he's like, you know what, Sean? It's better quality, better sound than VHS. It's way the future. Way the future. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, Dad, and he's he, he, actually he was he was right about that. They are better uh, quality and sound, but people people are somewhat lazy by nature, and they didn't want to keep changing the tapes halfway through the movie. So, uh, yeah, so VHS prevailed. I digress. Um, so yeah, so we were at the video store, probably you know right around that time, maybe a few years later, maybe less than that. So this is the mid eighties. Um, and <laughs> I says to him at the video store one time, I said, uh, Oh, Hey dad. Um, can we get a scary movie? And he's like, well, I don't know. Is it all right with your mom? And I was like, Oh yeah, no, she's <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's good. She's all right. And he was like, I don't think you're telling me the truth. Hmm. Okay. I'll tell you what. We can get it on two conditions. One, they're not real. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Number two, 
don't tell your mom. <laughs> so there started my uh, horror endeavor. What movie was it? And escapades, watching all the horror movies of the 80s. Um, I remember shortly after, I remember to this day, uh, roughly, uh, because Jason was cool, but there was a spot in the mid 80s where Freddie kind of took over a little bit when he came out. He was the new raising the bar. He was the new guy. He was the, <laughs> oh shit, this guy's something else. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, so I think we had seen, or, or, or maybe Nightmare on Elm Street was all the talk. So I remember um, I was with, my dad was dating this lady. Her son was named Ronnie. And Ronnie and I asked him, because he was making a video store run, we asked him if he could get a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And so this is probably around 85. And they were out. But like I say, they were hot at this time. Like, they were new. And he's the new kid on the block. And everybody's like, oh, he's all crazy and fucked up. It's not like Jason, you know. And um, <laughs> So he came back with, actually, he came back with Jason Lives. Nice. And yeah. he's like, they were out of... They were out of Freddy. So I got this guy. There. <laughs> and we ended up watching it. And and growing up, too, as a kid watching these in the 80s, like, I started watching these, no kidding, probably around seven or eight years old. And um, my, my godson, Logan, uh, is 11. And he's like a, a carbon copy of me in a lot of ways, but he has yet to uh watch these uh my sisters well even though i i subjected her to that when i would come home i'd be like nicole you gotta watch this and she's like six years younger than me and so <laughs> she's like yeah you know brothers and sisters they you know growing up in the 80s they kind of watch you know maybe transformers together or thundercats <laughs> or whatever and i was watching <laughs> jason and michael myers and all that shit and i couldn't sleep at night you know and i'm like <laughs> So, yeah, no, it was, you know, so and it was fun, too. It's like uh, mom and stepdad, and I found out later in life it came directly from stepdad. He didn't want me watching these. Uh, mom oh, was, so mom was okay with it. Mom was really more like, mm, they're not my thing, but just, you know, so you don't, you know, it's fine. But, yeah, no, so she, she had to be on the same page. And so, yeah, but um, I remember when I first started watching them, though, like I had to have a pillow mm -hmm. like to peek. <laughs> yeah. Like I had a problem watching a lot of stuff. And one time we were, I remember this too. One time we were watching Friday five and my dad's laying right there. Usually I would watch these in a room by myself with the pillow. Cause dad really didn't care much for horror, but this particular instance, he's laying on the couch. He's watching it with me. I'm watching like this. And he's like, you know what? If you don't put down the damn pillow and watch the movie, I'm not going to rent these anymore. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Just a little bit right there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and I think the most disturbing, uh, this might be a question you might ask, the most disturbing one I ever saw when I was a kid, and it's still, if I watch it today, I'm, it's still pretty jacked up, was Nightmare 2. That was yeah. Nightmare Two was. That's the it movie for me that messed with me, and there's a whole other story with that too. Uh, so, <laughs> well, what was the story about Nightmare Two? Since you brought it up, I'm curious. Oh, yeah. So, oh, this is going to be <laughs> great. 
Oh, this is great. You're going to love this. Let's hear it. So, um, yeah, so I watched Nightmare 2. I watched his claw come out of his hand. I caught like that part, and then his arm splits, and then his, his guts are Freddy's, like, coming out of that. And I'm like, I no kid. So this is 1985. So it came out the following year. So I'm nine. And I'm like, <laughs> and so uh, that must have been Saturday night or Sunday. Yeah. So Sunday, I go home, going home to mom and stepdad's. We lived in this two story house. And I my room was on one end of the house. And my headboard and wall was against another room that was the utility room that goes down about three or four steps into an area with the furnace and all the stuff in the house. And at the other end of the house was my brother and sister's room and mom and dad are directly upstairs from their room. So I'm secluded on one end of the house with my head on the bed the wall right there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, this movie's uh, in my head. And then I hear uh, directly behind me, like, um. and I'm like, you know, the, the furnace is firing <laughs> up. And then I would hear random little, <laughs> I'm like, all you needed was the girls. One, two, Freddy's coming for yeah, you. Yeah. Like, like I was like, I, you know, and I kept hearing these little sound and I'm just thinking, motherfucker. I'm like, holy shit. So I get up <laughs> out of my bed and there's a couch right out there. And like I say, our doors are right next to each other. So here's my bedroom door and then the furnace uh, utility room door. And I'm literally sitting there on the couch with a pillow watching that door. I think for the next three or four nights waiting for him to come out of there. And I was in like third or fourth grade. I was like in third or fourth grade at the time. So I didn't sleep for never sleep again. Yeah. No, I did not sleep for three or four nights. So thanks Robert England. Thanks Mark Patton. Hey, they did their job, man. And it's kind of funny because two was, it's pretty much almost like uh, it, it was bashed. It, it was forgotten because it, it didn't, it wasn't in sync really with the, the rest of the, the series. But uh, it's underrated as hell, man. It was scary. The first two movies were, yeah. were terrifying, but I think two was probably the scariest. Out of the well, series. yeah, he's as he's as dark as he can can be in part two. Um, he's dark in part one as well. I think you know, com It's fair to say that comedy Freddy starts at part three and thereafter. Yeah. You know, stand up comedy Freddy. Uh, <laughs> and actually, I think uh, I don't know if Ro I think Robert England was at the. Monster Media 6-2, but up on a panel up there, I remember him saying that, it, you know, he, at the time, he was kind of just going along with, you know, what the, the screenwriters were writing, and it was fun, and, and the characters seemed to, you know, it seemed to be not any serious, significant jumps from the character from sequel to sequel, but he said if he could go back in time and change how he played that character, he would have kept them dark. Right. So yeah. that's from Robert. And I remember hearing of that and I was like, yeah, like he was, he was messed up in part two. Part two, I, I, I think the first two are the, my favorite of that series because, you know, and my, my, like I say, my dad didn't like horror. So he liked Freddy the best because 
of his comedy. It wasn't, you know, and, and after three, it was a lot of, you know, a lot of com like, you know, dark comedy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, for me personally, I think the first two nightmares were the best of the series. Right. So let's go back to Friday the 13th. And uh, what was the inspiration for writing the uh, Friday the 13th in memoriam documentary? Obviously, um, you're a, a fan of Richard Brooker. So when did it like the light bulb go off that you're like, I need to do this? Well, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, a lot of these guys, something interesting too, because being an 80s horror kid, uh, you know, you kind of get Fangoria's here and there and, and they were kind of, they were stuntmen and they were kind of like, you know, it was interesting to hear about them. A lot of them kept, you know, kept away from the scene and, you know, about Ted White too. I mean, he used to double John Wayne and mm -hmm. he didn't even want his name in the credits at the time. Yeah. And then when he came to the Monster Mania 6, he was, he, he literally, and I got the video uh, when he says, you know, I want to say thank you. I, I did not expect this. He stands up during mid-panel and says, you guys are the, the greatest fans I've ever met. And you're so, you know, nice and wonderful. And But about Richard, you know, he was kind of, you know, he was a kind of an interesting character. Um, and, I, you know, like I say, I missed him at the 25th. And I kind of just wanted to beat him to, you know, uh, I'd like to have him, you know, sign this 25th poster, even though he couldn't make the event. And, you know, just to kind of go with the whole experience for the 25th, you know, it's kind of incomplete a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think what really made an impact to me about Richard was, uh, you know, I've met a lot of people in, in film throughout my life. Um, and... Richard is the only one that I can think of that he, you know, he apologized about something that he, he caught himself on and, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. And uh, so, and I'm like, you know, and who would, who would typically remember something like that? Right, who would, yeah. who would really say sorry about that? Um, Not egos then, involved in Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Not, not egos mean, in, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Richard wasn't that guy. Um, in fact, uh, one of the things about him, you know, like not the Orlando experience, but when you catch him more in his own element and, uh, and, and, and a better spirits, um, you know, I, I noticed, and I think I overheard him say this to somebody else and I might've asked him too about, uh, how it was to make the film or, memory you could share and he's like you know i'd be happy i'd be happy to talk to you about that but uh you know actually i want to know about you tell me what you like what makes you 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 know and that's another thing right there that nobody's ever no other film person i've met has ever showed an interest like that or you know asked that um because you know, a lot of people see it as, okay, you're here to meet me. You see me as, ooh, ah, and you want me to sign, so, ooh, you know, and <laughs> and it's like, so, you know, it's like, but how many times have you met somebody like that that's in film that asks about the fans? Like, what, you know, what makes you you? Tell me about that. Uh, so that really made an impact to me. He, he was a very um, grounded, uh, humble, uh, considerate person. Um and he was a party guy, so I 
got that in common with him. And, you know, <laughs> you know, he was about good times. He had good stories. Um, it's like Carolyn Williams said in the documentary, he, Richard, he had good, he told the greatest stories, I think is the line she said. He did. He, uh, and they were actually know, true. He, a lot of the, yeah, she was saying like, she would find out from other people, right? That they were actually right. true. And unfortunately, there's a lot of stories and things that were shared. I probably have three extra hours of total interview footage with everybody with just some really fantastic, tremendous stories that unfortunately couldn't be shared in the documentary because they didn't really match anything with the narrative. Mm -hmm. They didn't really mm -hmm. fall in line anywhere. So um, it's really unfortunate. Maybe I can do an extended version someday. That's what I was just going to ask you. Like, do you yeah. have plans to possibly like put it on DVD with like the cut footage as like a special feature? Well, um, Truth be told, it was supposed to be on the um, it was supposed to be on the Shout Factory uh, Blu-ray disc collection. Um, somebody, uh, one of the the people that run the company, wanted it on there, and they were reaching out to me through the project page, which no longer exists. Um, and I I don't know how I didn't get the messages. Maybe that was part of the the takeover and shutdown of the page. I, I don't I don't know. Um, but I didn't get the messages and I just had seen that, you know, on random feeds that there was a Blu-ray box set coming out and I thought, well, I'll just message Shout Factory and I'll mm -hmm. tell them I got this documentary and if they're interested, let me know. And I talked to, um, talked to an ind individual there uh, that's one of the heads. And, and he wanted it, but they don't have the final say-so. So if it was up to Shout Factory, it would be on there. But they don't have the final say-so. And who does have the final say-so said no. And I'm like, okay. So that was the plan. Um, well, it's their loss because that, you yeah. know, would have been a great addition to the box set, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, just so for the, the people listening and watching, uh, you had a Facebook page uh, created for your movie and just you know within the past couple of months it was automatically like taken down like out of your control that's correct um i don't know what's going on with facebook this past year and, and a lot can be said about the censorship um and, and and just what they're allowing and not allowing which is totally against it's totally against uh, the the rights of freedom of speech it's like no, it, but it's their it's their business, mm -hmm. so they can do whatever they want. So there is that. Um, you know, when they just I woke up one day and it was gone. Seventy seven hundred followers, um, over over six years worth of work and posts throughout the growth of the project, uh, just gone in an instant. No notice, and no nothing. It just that that. Nope. I went on there one day and I was going to do an update about something and it might've been about the shout factory uh, disc set. And, um, it was, it, it wasn't completely gone. Uh, it says your page has been unpublished. And, and then, so I saved all the pictures off of there before what happened happened. Like I, I feared that there's something going on here and I'm going to just take all my pictures off and and i started the smoking zombie films page and you know if there's updates that come about the documentary 
you know, it's at 145,000 views now. So if it hits 150, maybe I'll take one of the pictures from the old page and create maybe a 150,000 views, you know, and thank you kind of mm -hmm. with the picture uh, and share it that way. But it's all through Smoking Zombie Films page now, which I started directly after this because I'm like, well, wow. Um, so yeah, and I reached out to them two or three times asking for an explanation or what's going on and they refused to answer. All right, Horrorhead, stay tuned for part two of our conversation with Mr. Sean Richards coming right back at you next Wednesday.